Hi, hello, I'm Virgi and I'm here with Viola. Hi. And together we decided to launch this platform called Be Critical, in which basically what we do is we criticize pretty much everything <laughs> we studied according, like in the field of sustainability. And this is because currently the word sustainability is everywhere, everybody uses it in any kind of context sugarcoating what it actually entails and so we decided to create a platform to try to explain to peers, students, professors, business people, just people who are interested in the topic, what it actually means to be sustainable in different contexts. So we decided to make our first launch kickoff podcast <laughs> on um, what it actually means uh, to be sustainable in business. Mm -hmm. And we decided to look into uh, two different fields. One is the windmill, produ the aeolic um, production, and the other one is the meat meatless meat industry. As examples of how sustainable innovations try to bring about innovative business models, but then perpetrate business as usual mindsets. So how should we start, Viola? I think maybe we can start with what we mean by business as usual, because we're kind of criticizing it, of course, today. But what do we mean by that? Right. So to me, business as usual actually means the... What, what does it mean, actually? That's a really good question. Business as usual, because it's hard to define because mm -hmm. it's all we know, really. Like, it's, it's yeah. the only thing we've been used to. So I would also understand when you're trying to kick off something new, it's hard to start from scratch because what we've been doing until now has been ongoing for many years and we've seen that it is financially also feasible right you you mm -hmm. get a kind of like definitely financially <laughs> financially it makes sense and you know it, it's it's a relevant point i think when we talk about sustainability because the economical financial aspect is often forgotten about you know sustainability is often mm -hmm. related to CSR, so we talk a lot about social, we talk a lot about environmental, but something to be sustainable actually should really take into account the, the financial, the economic side of things. So to me, to answer to your question, Rioni, <laughs> going yeah. back to, uh, to me, uh, sorry, business as usual means um, creating a framework that is able to supply the demand. Mm -hmm and is able to respond in an efficient way to the pressure that society is putting on innovations in any kind of sector, not only the sustainable sector. Mm -hmm. How would you define it? Yeah, like, as you said, business as usual is just what we have been doing business until now. But for me, if I really need to pinpoint which are the main characteristics are mm, intensity of the production intensity or intensity that was so italian probably <laughs> how do you say it intensive yeah. yeah yeah intensive production delivering at the right time in the right place mm -hmm. um which clashes a bit with the idea we have of sustainability and i totally agree with you that the idea uh should be to try to bring sustainability into the context of the way we've been doing business until now because we can't stop as you said just start acting differently because we are, of course, businesses are here to make profit. But my question really is, to what extent can we propose green innovations if we're still reasoning in the same way as we were reasoning when we were proposing normal products we have been consuming until now? And with that, I think we can dive a bit into some examples I have. 
uh, about that because, for example, with the meatless meat production, so all these um, new burgers that we're trying to produce in order to be vegetarian, but we're still eating a burger, uh, we can see that the industry is really based on the same concept of the meat industry because we see that we have monocropping, just cultivating lots of soy in order to make these burgers. Um, and it's not like we're shifting towards lower production, a more local one, or to making your own burger, but still we want the ready to eat um, meat or fake meat in, the, in this case, which is then built on the same concept of the normal meat we've been consuming. Even though we know it takes less um, resources because you have one step less, of course you don't have a cow to feed, for example, the way we're creating these burgers as the same approach in terms of how the industry is structured. Right, so I really like what you said when you were defining business as usual, when you said that we want the same amount of things delivered at the same time, at the same price as it was before. And so we're trying to meet that standard through sustainable innovations. And in no way that makes sense, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's cracks everywhere. But at the same time, my question to you was, if we have um, a, a less of a step when we talk about uh, meatless meat, mm-hmm. right? So we don't have to use, just, just to give everybody a bit of context. So yeah. we, we don't have to use the crops mm-hmm. to grow feed on it, which mm-hmm. can also be soy, but can also be other things, which are, which, you know, um, ex- uh, which use up resources such as water, such as fertilizer, pesticide, and then that goes through the cropping process, which is also energy intensive, to be then fed to an animal, which at the same time consumes resources itself, so water, feed, pasture and all that, which is then processed, which consumes energy through the transport and the processing, which is then sold. So Mm -hmm. we have all a set of steps that are omitted when we talk about meatless meat. So we we go from the production of soy straight to the plate. So I'm I'm my question to you would do be do we though? Exactly. Where is what step is the most impactful of the mm-hmm. meatless meat production? Mm-hmm. I think exactly what you said is that's the thing. We don't have it's true, we have a step less, but it's not that we go straight from soy to the burger. Like they are called ultra processed foods because they are because to make this burger taste good and like a burger, there are a lot of processes in between. I'm not a technical expert <laughs> about the production itself, but there are many ingredients that need to be added in order to make this burger, first of all, look like a burger because soy doesn't look like a burger, <laughs> you know, like meat. Of course, it's also processed, but like we have been seeing also meat maybe produced by a local farmer and uh-huh. we know that it looks like the, it's easier to picture a cow then becoming the burger, white soy becoming the burger we're seeing now in supermarkets. You know, it takes a lot of creativity. So they are actually ultra processed and that is also consequences for your health. So it's not like they're healthier than normal processed meat. So it's not exactly as you said, there's one step less, but still that doesn't mean it's uh, straightforward and it goes directly from soy to the burger and it's ultra processed. And that is a problem. Right. That is so, a problem that is... And we don't really talk about it, I feel, because we tend to compare, of course, 
vegetarian burger, meatless uh, meat burgers to normal meat. And of course, compared to that, it's better because you have one step less. But that doesn't mean this is the way to be sustainable. And but this is the way to be vegetarian in the least impactful way. Exactly. The thing, I feel like there is um, there's a problem in narrative, right? Like it, it boils down to the word, you know? Like if you are... You're comparing, like, as you said it just now, and I realized as you were saying, you know, mm -hmm. like, it's, it takes a lot of, of imagination to picture a, a, a soy bean becoming a cow, you know, like, the two <laughs> yeah. things are, like, a world apart. Yeah. And so, you know, it takes a lot of, like, effort and stuff. And I think in, in the moment in which you're vegetarian and you're looking for a burger, mm -hmm. you know, there's something wrong there. We need to talk about that. That is yeah. the core of a problem, right? Definitely. So if you're a vegetarian, you don't want to eat a burger, right? Yeah. So what would be your, your solution for that? Like, how, do you have any... I, I don't necessarily agree with you on the fact that it's just about... The, the narrative around it because for me it's the product itself which is kind of wrong I get it that in order to make sustainability uh, sustainable foods accessible to everyone we need to you know deliver something which is easy uh, cheap but at the same time it's not really the way to go about it I'm scared we're kind of greening uh, the idea of eating a burger but we're not really shifting away from it so exactly. for me the answer uh, as you were asking it's really just shifting to a vegetarian diet which is not based on Again, as you said, having a burger again. Just leave it. If you yeah. want to be vegetarian, if we're doing it for the environment, you're just not going to have a burger. I'm sorry. Or you're going to make it yourself with chickpeas, lentils. Going back to whole foods, which are way better for our health. Yes, but so then you would call it like a patty, right? Yeah. You, you don't call it a burger. Yeah, exactly. You see, that's what, that's what I meant when I said it's a, it's, a, it's a problem of narrative of words, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And also, I wouldn't call it no effort because it's actually <laughs> something you really need to, you know, dedicate yourself to because it's not easy. When I became vegetarian, for example, I shifted right away in one day to soy burger. It was so easy. I was like, why isn't everyone right, doing yeah. it, you know? Because it's so easy. Yeah. And then I realized, what am I eating though? Like, yeah. Soy processed with I don't know what. It didn't even taste so good, honestly. Yeah. Now I, I have to say, after two or three years, I still eat them sometimes. You uh, gotta go used to them. Yeah, no, they're getting better because uh. they're adding main ingredients. And yeah, that's again, that yeah. comes back to the point I was mentioning before. Like, they're ultra processed, there's so much going into this burger which is also energy consuming. And the reason why the LCAs, which are life cycle assessments, which are the tool we use to analyze how impactful these products are, still show that they're better, is just because they have this one step less. But that doesn't mean that we're going in the right, right direction. You right, know? yeah. Like it's a green product, but the way we are designing it, producing it and delivering it to the customer is exactly the same one that we use to produce normal burgers. Right. Okay, so I get your point. Mm -hmm. I understand it. But I have another example. Okay. Um, so, for instance, um, concerning the energy transition, mm -hmm. um, we all know it's like it's old hat almost today. It's yesterday's news. Like, fossil fuels are ending, blah, blah, yeah. blah, YOLO. But, you know, <laughs> and so like we kind of like need to find new ways to source energy. And, uh, and so all of a sudden, a lot of like a lot of big money, big investments were made into uh, eolic turbines, mm -hmm. right? Windmills. So what happened was that the first generation of windmills were built in such a way to respond to the supply, to, sorry, to, to supply to the mm -hmm. increased demand of energy, you know, because we all want to be sustainable, but, you know, we still want our heat. 
we want to like have a have our light at night and be able to walk around in the city and you know have like yeah. you know uh lights to know where to go and stuff um so what did we do we invested into the most innovative technology of the moment without thinking about what would happen down the line and so as you were mentioning before the LCA that today is I, I would go as in far as saying it's a common tool yeah. that is used to understand whether a product is actually sustainable on the long run Definitely. wasn't used back in the days. Mm-hmm. And back in the days, I don't mean like 80 years ago. It's mm-hmm. like 20 years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was we started to build the first windmills and we didn't think about how the windmills would 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 die, you know, like what's yeah. the end of life? I mean, maybe life cycle assessments were there, but they just took away the end of life scenario part. Exactly, they just thought <laughs> like, okay, where is where where are we taking the products from? Where are we taking the raw materials from? Where are How we producing them? How much energy is produced and energy. is it efficient? Yeah, exactly. So that were the main points that were analyzed. Yeah. And so what happened was we had all of a sudden this green energy that we were able to use. Mm-hmm. But after 20 years, 25 years, of course, the windmill gets to a point in which it is no longer effective. It doesn't produce uh, the, the expected amount of energy. Mm-hmm. So now we have this first generation of windmills that are not able, that, that, that are going straight to landfills. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that, uh, for example, big, com- big companies are, t- are starting to invest a lot of research in... <coughs> Sorry, <laughs> like a little... Uh, <laughs> So uh, big companies are starting to look into what we, how we can use these materials, right? Mm-hmm. And how we can like destructure the components. So to yeah, like what happens when the windmill dies? Exactly. What, what happens when the windmill <laughs> dies? You know, like how yeah. do we use these materials again without burning them into a or or, or dumping them into a yeah. landfill? And so of course, like research is being made within the sustain within the renewable energy. Um, Uh, industry Mm -hmm. so I think that's really interesting because you're not limiting you know you're not calling something sustainable per se and you're like okay seen it done it we're sustainable end of it but you're continuing to invest into more sustainable technologies yeah and to me the point I wanted to make against your example really Mm -hmm. was that it's true in the sense that um, wind turbines have been implementing the same kind of mindset as a business model as it used to be because they had to they had to supply and uh, they had to supply and meet the expectation of a certain demand which was putting a lot of pressure delivering on delivering a green solution exactly to meet the investments they were getting i guess exactly and to meet also the demand of energy that we all have right so mm-hmm. in that sense they kept on the same mindset but at the same time they offered a solution which was better to, which yeah. was better you know so at the end of the day is it is something still better than nothing and yeah. this is kind of like the key yeah, question that we have no to i definitely of... agree it's just like for me and this is not to be negative at all it's just like i get it and i'm not saying they shouldn't have done it because you know without this investment and without this research we wouldn't have windmills uh, windmills um yeah wind power mm-hmm. but my point is couldn't we do it right from the start? Because as you said, now we're thinking about the end of life of this, um, this technology. We're thinking about um, creating a binder which allows them to be split easily after so that they, these materials can be reused. Also because let's bear in mind they're rare materials that we need also for other industries. And I'm just thinking, 
it's true that they had to meet, of course, certain deadlines because an investment comes with, you know, expectations and deadlines. I'm just saying, is it worth to invest in these green innovations if then we just reason in the same way? We make mistakes and then mistakes which were predictable, you know, like end of life, it's a topic we know. It's not just we now we're dealing with it and I totally agree. Better than nothing because we created something, now we're improving it and it's gonna be better. I'm just saying, could we have avoided this mistake of having to deal with this problematic end of life by just taking a bit more time and trying to develop a solution which could have been really efficient and sustainable for the beginning by investing, for example, in this new binder they're developing to make them more recyclable at the end? Yes, so what Viola is talking about is uh, a specific kind of glue which is being used in wind uh, blades to bind the components together and then split them and use them again within the local mm -hmm. context. So promote an idea of circular economy. So what my counter argument to you... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> would be, um, we don't have time. Time is a massive constraint. And as you said, you know, like with big investments come also expectations yeah. that need to be met. And I understand your point that if we keep the same mindset as we used to for business as usual, mm -hmm. we are going to fall into the same pitfalls yeah. and the same problems time and time again. But on the other side, we don't have the, the technology available in the moment that mm -hmm. the investment is being made. And therefore, it's a constant compromise between the two. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, it's true. We don't have time. I'm just saying, I hope that with other green innovations, we're going to be able to make it right from the start because we learned. So I'm not saying everything yes. that happened shouldn't no. have happened. Yes. I'm just saying, let's not keep doing it because, you know, we have so many products which are green now. And if we apply the same mindset to all of them, we don't, literally, we don't have time. And I'm not talking about the time to meet the deadline of, of the investor. I'm talking about the, the investor as the planet, you know, like I'm talking about the big, big deadline we have. Yeah. Of course, everyone is talking about IPCC and everything. And I'm not here to just be, you know, like the Grinch of, uh, yeah. of uh, innovation. I'm just saying, let's think about it because, you know, we've, with wind power, I can get it because it was a huge investment. And also, as you said, it started back in the days. I mean, not that much backwards, but still a while ago. But right now, for example, with Meatless Meat, I'm like, we can do better than this, you know? Yes. And this is a product which I is know. not going anywhere for me. Like, yeah. The processed burgers are just really the greening an industry which cannot be... I know, but you, you're talking about the big, big deadline that we have, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> the doomsday I mean, that we're is all, coming, we're, we're all going to die. I mean, we are here being critical because we know we have this deadline, otherwise I don't yeah. think we would No, know. we wouldn't be so, like, uh, yeah. freaky and, exactly. freak and panicking exactly. about it all the time. No, but what I think is, um, because we have this big deadline, so we don't have a lot of time to beat about the bush about stuff, I think we need to get on board, on board a big chunk of population, which is still in denial, which is still not giving a yeah. damn about the big deadline that we have. And, you know, those people are the burger-eating people. I know. So, at the same time... I was time, when I started. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Me, yeah. too, you know? Yeah, so, at the same time, it's, it's a way to kind of, like, um, get, you know, uh, get all these people on board and, you know, reduce time, you know? I agree. So, so it's like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm big it's into... It's a transition phase. It's a transition phase. And that's I agree why, with you that's that That's why to, I'm positive. Because yeah. I'm like, I saw it on, on my skin. I was just like, okay, 
I became vegetarian. I started with these burgers because they were just the easy solution for me. Then I realized I started criticizing them. Of course, I was like, but is it really the answer? And right. then I realized w- what a climate-friendly uh, diet actually is. And it was a transition. And I agree that I wouldn't have started this path, like, or this, uh, how can we say? Um, yeah, this, uh, this, this journey. This, yeah, this journey uh, yeah. without the easy to cook burger, vegetarian burgers. So I totally agree. I just hope we're all gonna be critical <laughs> about every action we take because it's a transition phase. Yes. Like we need anyway, like we need, we need to start somewhere, as you said, and as every green innovation does, but we always need to evaluate how we're doing things to make them better. Otherwise we're just gonna go, we're just gonna create new industries which are green but just in theory and not exactly and this is also why we decided to launch this podcast <laughs> yeah to be, to be critical about everything and especially when it comes to sustainability because as we started off this podcast we really wanted to look into examples such as the meatless meat industry and the aeolic energy production mm-hmm. to see whether hmm are these guys really sustainable can we do it better and if so how how can we learn from the mistakes and how can we use them to improve so we're we hope that you like this first kickoff uh, episode we look forward to meeting you in the next ones and who knows what we're going to be critical about next time <laughs> everything everything probably everything <laughs> bye ciao <laughs>